Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ohio State coach Urban Meyer is on administrative leave after a report calls in question what he knew about a member of his coaching staff and domestic abuse. College football writer Brett McMurphy, former Tampa Tribune writer, broke the story that could take Meyer and the Ohio State football program down. And the Rays went again over the Angels, this time with the help of two players just acquired before the trading deadline. Bucks GM Jason Light has a new contract through the 2019 season, but is that a good thing? And we'll tell you what I was doing in San Francisco this weekend saying goodbye to an old friend. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started on this podcast, let me tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now, and you get a free 30-day trial. That's a $15 value, and as a listener to this show, you get a free audiobook. Now, here's what you do. Go to audibletrial.com slash sportsday. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sports day for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. So shocking news on Wednesday, Steve, um, about Urban Meyer, who was placed on paid administrative leave. Look, this doesn't happen all the time by Ohio State, and they are now investigating claims that several people close to the coach knew of uh, 2015 allegations of domestic abuse and domestic violence by one of his former Ohio State assistant coach is Zach Smith, who was uh, just fired in July. He was fired after he violated a restraining order against his ex-wife uh, in May. And and the big the big hookup here, the big the big thing you have to remember about this whole story is that Shelly Meyer, which is Urban's wife, and she's also an instructor, I guess, at the uh, College of Nursing there in Ohio State. She was among the coaches' wives that knew that Courtney Smith had reported domestic uh, violence back in 2015, according to Courtney Smith. And she said um, the one thing she doesn't know is whether Shelly Meyer had actually told her husband about the allegation at the time. But this thing, um, you know, he had just been at the Big Ten meetings uh, and, you know, reiterated that it had never been discussed. He knew nothing about any of this. Uh, and, of course, you know, this is this is a guy that had been on Urban staff at the University of Florida and had a domestic violence incident, but it was more or less dismissed or, or at least explained away as, you know, a young couple having troubles or what have you. Um, but it was never went to court. Nothing like that ever happened. And yet, man, I mean, uh, first of all, props to Brett McMurphy, who is one of the best reporters that I've been around. Um, it's interesting. His situation, Steve, as you know, is that, uh, he was one of the many people during one of the recent purges at ESPN that was laid off, but because uh, a lot of these guys still had um, contracts, like my friend Ed Werder and others, they're unable to work because of non-competes if they want to still get compensated for the remaining years of their deal. So he broke this on Facebook and has been just all over the news. Uh, it's it's a, a unbelievable uh, reporting job by him. He has in his possessions and, and published text messages 
from Shelly Meyer, um, you know, giving her support to Courtney Smith and also saying in essence that she was afraid for her, um, for what, you know, her husband might do next, not Urban Meyer, but, um, you know, the, the victim's husband. So it, this, this is such a bad optic. And I think I could be reading a little too much into here, but I, I don't know that. It's just that we're two days from, you know, practice, fall practice beginning at Ohio state. And this university has placed their head coach, a three-time national champion on paid administrative leave. This is really could end up being the end uh, and, and quickly, I think, of Urban Meyer. He's in big trouble here, isn't he? Well, tell me a coach that's been put on paid administrative leave that came back. <laughs> that's a great point. I'm not saying there hasn't been any, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Right, right. They're taking them off the field is what they're doing. They're I saying mean, basically we're, we're investigating this, but we don't feel confident even enough to let you back on the field right now. Well, and, and there's several there's several angles to this story with it. Is One, you have the the public perception and the Me Too movement and sexual assault, domestic abuse, et cetera, which is really becoming under scrutiny now. And, you know, I'm going to... And thank God for that. Well, absolutely. <laughs> but in, for the sake yeah. of this, I'm going to assume Urban Meyer knew what happened in 2015. We don't know that for certain. I mean, all the, the stuff that Brett McMurphy reported today, it, it definitely appears his wife knew. She, mm-hmm. uh, Courtney Smith says all the wives, all the coaches' wives knew. Um, Urban Meyer at Big Ten Media Days just nine days ago said my wife and I share everything she's my rock she helps me she's you know everything part of this so you've got and he also said that he never had one discussion uh not with his wife but one Mm -hmm. discussion and never came up about this 2015 he he knew nothing about it according to him and he said he checked with his staff and they said nothing right so you have that part of it you've got you've got that then you've got the NCAA and title nine which if Urban Meyer knew about this, they've violated Title IX, which is a legal mm-hmm. precedent for you hear about it with, you know, you have to have the same number of women's sports as men's sports and stuff. But Title IX is much bigger than that. And if you if you are involved in the university, whatever, and, and you are reported things like assault, sexual abuse, domestic abuse, et cetera, it's your responsibility to report it. Not necessarily to the cops, but to the, the NCAA, et cetera, that. If he yeah. knew... He didn't do that, and that's a violation. But his wife works for the university, and she didn't report it. Right. So they have a Title IX problem regardless, assuming that these these texts are real and Courtney Smith's story is true. Again, Brett McMurphy's reported this. No reason to think it's not, but, you know, we'll let the investigation figure out what's actually happening. Title IX problem. You've got public perception problem. You've got your two days before camp opens problem and, there, and then you have urban's history too there's stories from florida of of him hiding things and arrest and things like that too so it's not like he doesn't have a track and then the other part of this is zach smith the coach that's been with urban it was a player for him at bowling green he's been assistant with him at florida at ohio state it's earl bruce's grandson earl bruce the former coach at ohio state who was a mentor to Urban Meyer when he was a grad assistant at Ohio State. Urban Meyer also coached under him at Colorado State. That's his grandson and his mentor. So he's probably protecting him for that reason, too, assuming he knew and everything else, too. So there's there's all kinds of layers to this story that it's bizarre because, you know, you and I were talking before the podcast. 
why would you risk all this for a receivers coach? Uh, it, it just doesn't. It, it just doesn't make sense, you know. But there are, you know, again, the the, the loyalty to mentors. Um, you know, there's a special assistant to the head coach, which is Hiram DeFries. That, um, you know, according again, you know, according to Smiths, um, you know, as she told McMurphy, um, he had, you know, going back in the day, it said, you know, if you if you drop the charges, if you don't drop the charges, he told his wife um that Zach will never coach again I mean this guy mm-hmm. was in trouble and and Urban Meyer um no matter what happened you know back in the day in 2009 um she wound up not pressing charges but you know it's a red flag I mean and, and he took this guy on and to believe that Urban Meyer didn't know this okay you'd have to believe that his wife Shelly who he has said you know confides in him about everything and that she's she essentially counsels him uh, in the course of doing his job, you would have to believe because, you know, Brett has the text messages from Shelly Meyer admitting not only did she know about the domestic abuse, but actually sort of um, giving her guidance and, and telling her how she was afraid for her and all these things. So you'd have to believe that Shelly Meyer, I mean, what what kind of person hears that her husband's employing somebody who is, you know, battering his wife and doesn't tell him? Um, it, it just intellectually, it doesn't seem right to me that that would be the case, especially as they describe their relationship. This is a very big story and a mm-hmm. very big scandal at a very big school at Ohio State. And I, we don't know how it's going to end, um, but I, I think we've seen this before. I mean, look, I mean, guy like Jim Tressel, who was pretty successful mm-hmm. coach at Ohio State, very. won a national won a national championship, won 10, 11 games almost every year. He got dismissed because a couple of his players uh, apparently were selling some stuff that they were given at bowl games and memorabilia and, and the like. Um, that was and, the final he, straw of it all. I mean, that's where the public perception yeah. turned on him. And, yeah, they got rid right. of him right before a season. And, and Ohio State's football team that year only went 6-6 six and six with Luke Fickle at the head coaching job, who was an assistant right. on the team. Yeah, I mean, so they, they're, they're not, uh, you know, and, they, and they've got another scandal involving, I guess, wrestlers there. At Ohio State Yeah, you've got well. the doctor for the wrestling team that allegedly was abusing boys and everyone knew it, including uh, U.S. Congressman Jim Jordan, who was an assistant on that team that apparently that is alleged to have known about all this. So Ohio State's right. dealing with that, too. Uh, and the other part of this, too, is Urban Meyer's a well-paid coach. And Eight and a half million dollars a year almost. Yeah, yeah. and, and he's, if, they, if they fire him, they owe him $38 million. Now, if they fire him for cause, they don't owe him anything. If he right. if he knew about this in 2015 and did nothing, he's in violation of his contract and be fired for cause for nothing. See, and this look, how do you prove how do you prove you didn't do something? This this seems to me or feels to me like, you know, I guess I suppose Meyer could say his wife didn't tell him or these kinds of things, but how do you prove the pillow talk never happened? You know what I'm saying, or that, or even that it did. The bottom line is this is such a bad optic for Ohio State with with this sort of these sort of charges that I I don't see how you go forward. I don't see how you go and protect this guy. I mean, already placing him on administrative leave, I think said something. Offensive coordinator Ryan Day is going to be their team's acting head coach. To take him off the field seems like feels like a negotiation to me. It feels like um, you know, we could fire you with cause and owe you nothing. 
uh, or you can go away peacefully and we can negotiate a settlement. And that the latter is what it feels like. That's generally what, what happens in these cases. Yeah, when, the, when the public right. sentiment it, has turned this quick, this quickly, this fast, that right. generally that's what's happening. Look, I saw guys on TV, uh, on ESPN, Joey Galloway, who is, you know, Mr. Ohio State, right? Um, generally thrilled with the job that Urban Meyer has done up there. Uh, even he said, I, I don't see how this ends well for him, you know? And talk about a legacy tarnished, you know? If this is if this is how you bow out for all the national championships and, and all of that, um, you know, this is going to be the scarlet letter that you wear uh, on your way out of coaching. And let me ask you this, too. Is, are you surprised at all that maybe a Greg Schiano wasn't named the interim head coach? You know, at first I thought, and they also have Kevin Wilson, who was the former Indiana coach on staff there, right, too. Right, right. But if you remember, and, and we kind of talked about this a little before the podcast, but if Urban Meyer ignored all this for years of abuse, assault, domestic abuse, mm-hmm. whatever, however mm-hmm. you want to define it, if he, if he ignored this for years and kept employing this guy and did nothing to help, you know, what we don't know is, Maybe Urban Meyer knew in 2015, but he actually got counseling for the guy and, and did for Zach Smith and did a bunch of other stuff. I have no idea. I, I can't say that didn't happen. It, no one's reporting that. No one that hasn't come out. But you don't know if, if Urban actually did something. Maybe it didn't become public. Right. But trying to help a guy stop with whatever's prop causing that problem of, of him doing that. I, I don't know that. But if he's ignored it for all these years and did absolutely nothing, you have to kind of put it on the same plane as Paterno. And, and you can – I'm not judging, you know, Jer- Jerry Dusky versus Zach Smith. Right, but, yeah, right. But you have staff members harming individuals. And, 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 and you you're hired doing, them. And, and you're protecting them and keep employing them and doing mm-hmm. nothing. You know, Agreed. no, I'm, I'm, I'm making an assumption here. But it's kind of like that. And Shiano, if you remember – was going to be hired at Tennessee this offseason. But because of oh, his God. ties to Penn State and that, and the alumni there got all up in arms. They said he looked away. A lot of I mean, well, a lot of people thought he looked away. Yeah, there were some allegations, and a lot of that seems to not necessarily be true, but is that the guy you want to be your interim head coach as you're going through this now? Kevin Wilson, who was at Indiana, was fired with some alleged player misconduct. So do you want him to be the head, your interim head coach going through this? Probably not. And so you promote a, a very highly respected, young, up-and-coming offensive coordinator to be your interim head coach. At first, I thought, why isn't Shiano or Kevin Wilson? But then when you kind of think about it, the optics of it probably makes this the better, the better play. Although I would think I'd want someone with a little more experience handling everything in an interim basis. I mean, he might be the best head coach long term, but... So, but I think that's the reason Shiano didn't get it, is I think with all the, the what happened at Tennessee and, and equating to Penn State, the last thing you want is him after answering those questions again up there, as you're dealing with this. Exactly right. Urban Meyer at the Big Ten meetings, by the way, um, denied knowing that Zach Smith had been accused of domestic violence back in 2015. He said, "quote I was never told anything," and that he said his decision to fire Smith. He described it as a, quote, very tough call. Um, I find it very tough to believe or very impossible to believe that his wife, again, knowing that a member of his staff was harming his wife and, and would not say anything to Mer Urban, especially as he, as he describes her, um, 
we'll see. I mean, it's going to be, you know, probably weeks or a few days. I know uh, it's going to be weird for their football team to go out there without their head coach. I mean, all these things are disruptive, but I man, would think what if you're, I would think if you're story. Ohio State, if you've already decided you're walking away, you're going to make this quick. This negotiation will be quick, and you're going to get it done if you've already made that decision. If you truly have an investigation, the quicker this gets done for everybody involved, whatever the outcome is, the better it is. So I got to assume Ohio State's going to move very quickly here, whether it's what, they've already decided or they're going to have a thorough investigation. Don't know what they're going to decide, but I got to assume this is going to happen quick. I mean, many people are speculating that in the next forty-eight hours he's done. I don't know. Mm. If, I don't know if I buy that, but I would think by next week you want to know. Another parallel, I mean, it, it talk about a legacy tarnished here. Mm-hmm. Look, there's not a lot of humans walking around with three national championships, right? There's only there's only four active coaches with a national championship that have one, right? So, I mean, and he's got to, more, to he's think, got three. Yeah, to think about what this guy stands to lose and what you know, I always say this: what's the first line in the Wikipedia page? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, three time national champion disgraced when you know it's like. Um, this, this is just, it's a huge story and it's, it would, it would be, it would seem weird to me again, like you talked about that you would go to bat for a guy who's a receivers coach, but Urban will have his chance to say whatever he's going to say to the university. And, um, I'm with you. I think this ends pretty quickly. I, I don't, and I don't know what they do. Maybe they stick with the interim for, um, you know, for the regular season, but what a rock for these Florida state or for these Ohio state kids. Um, most of whom, all of whom have been recruited by Urban. And then no matter what you do, it's the elephant in the room. It's like, where's our head coach? You know? Well, if you think first, back to Jim Tre- when Jim Tressel was let go at Ohio State, and it's the same athletic director, Gene Smith, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they promoted Luke Fickle to head coach once Jim Tressel was out, and he coached the year, and then they moved on to a different direction. Luke Fickle ended up staying on the staff with Urban Meyer for a few years. He's now the head coach at the University of Cincinnati. But – this late in the game, and that and Trestle was fired, I believe, in May or June. It was earlier than this. At this point, you're going to, you know, uh, the interim coach is going to be your head coach going forward. Most likely, you know, assuming yeah. Urban's out, he's going to be the coach yep. for this year, and then you know, you'll make a decision t- during the season or at the end of the season as far as how you're going to go long term. But this will rock. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I mean, this this will rock the university. I'm sure it has. I mean, it's... It was shocking news. You flip on the TV, you can't get away from it. But again, credit Breckman Murphy, who's one hell of a reporter, and I'm sure he won't be without work very long as soon as he decides he wants to do it again. But breaking stories on Facebook, you know, just just phenomenal. Of course, you remember, um, he's also uh, the reporter when he was with the Tampa Tribune that wrote about um, Jimmy Levitt, uh, you know, who allegedly had uh, choked or, or at least put his hands on one of his former players and um, you know, that eventually led to him reaching a settlement with USF and moving on. So, yeah, we've, I, I just feel like we've kind of seen this movie before. But when you see a name like Urban Meyer, um, it's pretty shocking for sure.
I mean, I've always said, you know, the last few years that he's the best coach in college football. I, Nick Saban would be number two for me, although <laughs> spoken take your like pick. a man from Ta- Michigan. Well, so, like, just to give this perspective, you're like, well, you're as anti Ohio State as you could be from your. I think he's strength. a hell of a coach. I think he's a hell of a football sure. coach. Now, sure, yes, all the other yeah. stuff that has potentially gone on behind the scenes and that—that's a whole different story. But as far as a football coach. You know, yep. I've said for years that I thought he was the best in college football. And I take Nick Saban too, but I'd take either one to be honest. But oh yeah, um, you know this is this is huge news, and and you know much like if you know, and I'm not equating the crimes or anything, but mm-hmm. you remember the Paterno and what yep. happened up the, up at Penn State and the outrage, and you know, I mean, the legend of Joe Paterno, the winningest coach in college in Division One college football. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's you know these kind of things are potentially taking down monster coaches. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to get one here, you know, failure to report something like that. So we'll be following that story, of course, all week on uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay as well. And so the Rays were back in action, Steve, and you got a chance to see their two newest acquisitions. In fact, the opener for the game was uh, Tyler Glasnow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he did he did okay. I mean, he gave up one run, a couple of hits. He, he, he walked one, but he struck out five, and – I'm guessing you got to see up close and personal that plus plus fastball. Oh, that fastball is it, it's it's a good fastball. And it's got movement. The curveball was pretty good, although that was both hits he gave up were off the curveball, including the home run. Um, we, you know, we've heard about some control issues. You didn't really see it tonight. Um, you definitely saw the potential of what they're, you know, why they why they wanted this guy, why they traded for him. Um, you know, their goal is to potentially make him a starter. Um, he has been a starter his career, but this year he was in the bullpen. Uh, he threw three innings tonight, 48 pitches. Um, but, uh, great reviews to begin with. The one thing he has no slide step when runners are on base, he cannot <laughs> hold runners on. I mean, from he's, the, he's Mike six, Trout got eight, on man. in the first pitch, they're running. Well, but he's not, I mean, he's not even trying to speed no, up. I know. And they were yeah. running every pitch, every first pitch. Someone's on, they're running. And, yeah. you know, it, Mike Trout got picked off a of second base because he, he went and Glasnow stepped off and then threw the third to throw him out. But um, that's something he's going to have to work on that, you know, he cannot hold runners on the current, the current way he throws. So, Right. Well, we've always said whether it's free agency or trades or whatever, when you, when you buy a player, you also buy his problems. And, you know, this is where Kyle Snyder and others are going to have to work on him and, and, and do a good job of, of getting some mechanics down and, and, and so he can be effective. But another another power arm for them, which is going to mm-hmm. bode well because they're certainly, uh, you know, down on pitchers. And then you had uh, Tommy Pham who made his debut as well. How about this? They played him in left field, mm-hmm. and they also um, had him batting cleanup. They did, and it's, you know, as Kevin Cash said, you know, how often do you get to trade for a guy that you can put in the middle of your lineup the first night he comes Amazing. in? Yeah. Um, he, made a, he made a pretty good defensive play in the outfield, too, cutting off a ball that could have got to the wall, uh, kept a runner from advancing from first to home. He only could advance to third. Um, but he's a plus defensive outfielder. He's got some speed. Um, we wanted to see that on the bases. He was on first base after a walk, and then uh, Joey Wendell hit the ball down the line, except he kind of tripped going over second base. Uh, but we were looking forward to kind of seeing him run there. But, uh, you know, I think another good move by the Rays, they really don't have right-handed hitting outfielders in their system, so they got one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think long-term they envision the outfield of being fam and right field where he hasn't really played, so they're going to have to get him some work out there. Kiermaier in center and then Austin Ma- uh, Meadows in left field. Uh, the other g- a guy they got from the Pirates who's been sent down to Durham 
for now just to get consistent work every day. I assume he'll be up here pretty quickly. Um, but that's kind of their outfield of the future, and then Malik Smith being that fourth outfielder. So now you've got you know, four outfielders with good range, good speed, pretty good defensively. Um, you know, that's kind of their outfield of the future, and all of them under control for years to come. Yeah, looks good to me. Um, he, he went over three in his debut. He had a walk, and he was hit by a pitch. I guess right in the ribs, but um, mm-hmm. did manage manage to score a run in the game. So we see a lot of Tommy Pham for sure. And Jake Faria um, was back tonight. He looked pretty good. Um, you know, first time the back off the time? distance. He hasn't pitched since like May, right? Or well, he was on the 60-day I mean, DL, so it's definitely been two months um, since yeah. he pitched. So um, he pitched uh, about three and two-thirds innings. Um, looked pretty good. I, I don't think it was, you know, the best Jake Faria we've ever seen. But first time back off the disabled list, getting back up in the majors. Um, you know, I thought he handled himself pretty well. Um, and then, you know, the Rays, the Rays actually were down 2 nothing in this game and then scored, you know, over the course of the game, seven unanswered runs to win 7-2. to two, So, Yeah, and uh, that now they're back to uh, a couple games over 500, I believe, right? Two games over 500. They're eight games back in the wild card at this point. But Oakland has but caught Seattle for the climb, second wild yeah. card. So they're tied, at, they're tied eight games ahead of the Rays. And Oakland's on a roll right now. Seattle's kind of reeling a little bit. Oakland's hot, so... Um, you know, I, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but you've only got to catch two teams for that last wild card, so it's not impossible. If you remember the Rays years ago, were nine games back of the Red Sox in September and caught them. Oh yeah, no, so, they've had plenty of dramatic moments, and the Rays have won nineteen of their last twenty-three games at home. Is that's got to be the best stretch they've had in their franchise, right? Uh, it's got to be I up there. Imagine. I mean, I know they had a nine-in-one homestand because it was better than the eight-in-one homestand they had. Uh, earlier this season, so, I, but I, I I haven't looked as far as a twenty three game span, but nineteen and four is pretty good. It's unbelievable. And it's one really and one other stat for you: we were talking before the podcast, and last night we mentioned that there's only three Rays, current Rays that were on the team in twenty sixteen: Kevin Kiermeyer, Matt Duffy, and Blake Snell. The Minnesota Twins have four members of the two thousand sixteen Rays on their <laughs> roster. <laughs> They have That's Jake Odorizzi, stat. Logan Morrison, Logan Forsythe, who they just traded for, and Bobby Wilson. Mm-hmm. Which begs, which would beg the question: If you're a Twins fan, what makes you think these guys were any good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, if the Rays don't want them, right? You're gonna mm-hmm. reassemble them in Minnesota? Like that's a good <laughs> idea? Just weird to me. But um, what a great stat that they have more former Rays than uh, now, for just two seasons ago. Yeah. No, like it was, yeah, 15 minutes ago. If you really want to know the truth, so we uh, but the Rays win and and that was uh, that was good and you know beating the Angels is not always an easy thing to do with Mike Trout but uh, uh, on a little bit of a, again another another home winning streak yeah. and they're looking for the sweep of the series today it'll be a one ten start Hunter Woods going to get the start Jalen Beeks will get a majority of the innings uh, one ten at Tropicana Field as they uh, look to sweep the Angels yeah Wood and Beeks and other news of course the Bucks. Back at training camp, and um, uh, I'm going to try to put perspective to this. Bucks GM Jason Light uh, has a new contract, or at least had a contract extended um, through the 2019 season. He was already signed for 2018, but at some point after the year, the Bucks went ahead and gave him that extra year to 2019. I'm not sure what you know Dirk Cutter's status is, but sort of address Jason now and the thing is I think a lot of people I mean I'm I'm not a glass half empty guy necessarily but in this case 
let's be clear. This is not what Jason Light wanted. <laughs> okay. He, he, is, he does not want to be a year-to-year general manager. I don't think any of them do. And even though you could say, well, he's, he's got two years on his deal, really what, what the Glazers bought themselves is lightning insurance. Uh, it, you know, if lightning strikes and, you know, the Bucks were to go back to the playoffs and a big part of it was because of the players that Jason Light brought in, well, if, if you didn't do anything, you know, beyond this year, you could potentially, you know, lose him. Uh, to another team so and they're also an organization that frequently pays guys whether they're under contract or not uh, on the way out the door just you know um, that's just who they are as owners so I'm look I'm I'm happy Jason's going to be around I mean you know he and I get along great I think he's done a, a, a decent job not a, not a great job all the time I mean I think you know what happens is when you when you don't make the playoffs and you draft a quarterback number one overall that guy has to become what you want him to be. He has to take you to the playoffs, you know, frequently. And, uh, you know, that just hasn't happened. But, um, you know, I'm sure he would have liked to have had a, a four-year extension or a five-year extension. Um, but he gets he gets 2019, and it's a good story. And, you know, he's not one to want to talk about his contract, but there, there you go. So he can't pull a Barry Trotz. He can't, you know, win the no. cup and walk away. Exactly. And so that's insurance for the Glazers. And again, I'm not saying that he's unhappy with it, but but you can imagine that, you know, for him, the security would have been, you know, many, many years uh, instead of just 2019. And, um, you know, he's probably married up with Dirk Cutter in that way. Look, all I know is if they don't have a good year, everybody's fired. <laughs> and then the and then the quarterback's also in trouble. So um, anyway, that's the latest at, at one buck place with respect to uh, to Jason Light. Um also, I wanted to uh, just you know talk a little bit about what I what I've been doing. I've not been in town. This is the magic of podcast, but I've been in San Francisco uh, over the weekend. Um, Dwight Clark, who I got to know, of course, the famous Forty Nine er receiver that made the catch. Um, you know, is, is somebody that over the last uh, I think maybe five six years, I've gotten to be um, pretty close with. I mean, from a distance, saw him a lot. Talked to him on the phone a lot. My wife works for Eddie DeBartolo, and of course, we all know he passed away on June fourth of ALS. And um, a big memorial was held uh, in the city, um, not, not not far from Knob Hill, actually. And uh, the the let me tell you, the people that came out three hundred fifty, four hundred people uh, were there. You can imagine most of his most of his teammates, Huey Lewis. I'm going to drop some names. You want to pick them up? Yeah, Huey let me Lewis. let me bend over here. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, yeah, all the 49ers, I'll just blanket that one because, you know, you have Steve Young and Joe Montana and Jerry Wright, all of them there. Uh, and then uh, and then Dianne Feinstein was here, the former Speaker of the House. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Nancy Pelosi. I just promoted Dianne Feinstein. Nancy I was going to say, I didn't think here. Feinstein was yeah. the, the no, Speaker. No, I, I promoted her. Yeah, I promoted her. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was here, who was the former Speaker of the House. Roger Goodell was here as well, the Commissioner of Football, my good friend R.G., as everybody knows, um, and then you had uh, uh, you, you, then you had the bizarre. Like I don't know if you ever watch uh, General Hospital. Sonny from General Hospital was here. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I believe my mom watches that, but I don't think I it's have. A, a very uh, those of you who watch soap operas will go really, Sonny. I think my wife was impressed by that. The point is, it wasn't about who was here; it was about who wasn't here, and that was Dwight. And um, but you know, Eddie DeBarlow gave the eulogy. Joe Montana spoke. Um, you know, Dwight's, uh, Dwight's brother, younger brother spoke as well. 
it was a moving, moving tribute. And then they all got together and, and visited and, you know, sports, sports brings people together and we're, you know, we're kind of in this era of divisiveness, I guess. Um, but for those, those teams trying to capture, uh, the spirit of this unity that also saw John Lynch, by the way, the, the general manager of the 49ers was here as well. Um, and it's when you see it and it's real, it's really neat to be close to it. Cause I've been around a lot of teams, um, including the 2002 bucks that won the super bowl. And, you know, look, you're never going to get 53 guys that love each other. Right. It, it's very hard to do. We all come with different personalities and, you know, you have your, your clicks and your battles and things that happen. But I'll just say that, um, you know, this was, this is really special when you're around it. And these guys have, you know, not been on a, on a football field for 25 years, but, uh, but they're all still, still very close. And it was, it was neat to watch. So farewell to Dwight Clark. Um, you know, we all miss you. That's for sure. Oh, and one other visitor was there. Boomer, my man, <laughs> my man, man, Chris Berman from ESPN, the former, uh, Dave, let me just say, you know, I, I've done impressions of him for years, of course, on the radio and other places. He is exactly who I say, who, who we say he is. He's just, he, he really is in, interesting to talk to, but he got up there and, and, and he, if you remember the story about Chris Berman, you know, ESPN was just coming of age and he was 26 years old, actually got denied some jobs in the Bay Area for uh, some TV jobs, worked out well for him though, and so he was there, and then afterwards there was a reception, and he was reading a letter from fans or something like that. And he got up there, and he talked about his relationship um, with the 49ers. But when I do Chris Berman, I can't do him as well as he does <laughs> because he is this sort of – uh, uh, you know, I was 26 years old, reporter. Uh, nobody knew who I was, and there I was. The, the 49ers are driving the balls at 25-yard line. He started doing play-by-play. It was like I was watching the two-minute drill. You know, it's like, and then Freddie Solomon makes a catch. They got the ball. And then, eh, yeah, then Dwight Clark, and touchdown. And the, the place is going crazy. I'm standing. One cameraman, we got, anyway. Anyway, they still playing it 35 years later. What, do you, what, what, what can I say? And he's just that guy. He's just so animated and so into it. But um, that was a real treat as well. Okay, so, wow, lots to follow this week, man. The Urban Meyer story. I think that we're just going to find out more and more about that. I'm with you, Steve. I think it's going to end sooner than later for Ohio State. But, man, what a uh, – I guess the people at Michigan probably aren't too upset about this, right? <laughs> uh, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. Uh, <laughs> That's right. The entire nation, yeah, yeah. Alabama. Definitely the Big Ten East, but even the Big Ten West. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, really. I mean, I'm sure they're all – I mean, you don't want to see this happen this way, but um, – yeah, un- unbelievable what's going on at Ohio State with uh, with Urban Meyer. And then, you know, we'll continue to follow the Rays, who are, are again, when they go back home at the Trop, they seem to be a, uh, you know, real formidable team, and they got the new players in place. So we're going to watch them all week, as well as Bucks training camp. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow at some point, maybe after practice, but we'll have your report from Bucks training camp. A- Alex Kappa, by the way. The rookie uh, that they drafted, I think, in the what fourth or fifth round, mm-hmm. he is now suddenly became uh, got first team reps at guard instead of Caleb Beninoct, who's kind of gotten the doghouse after fighting uh, during a practice. That happens when you get kicked out of the practice. <laughs> I know, right? You lose your job. So, um, so that that's something to watch there as well. So, 
We'll have lots of news for you, of course, and um, you can always go to TampaBay.com. Follow us, uh, you know, with the daily updates, both with the Rays and the Bucks, and of course the Lightning. Anybody else? Also, love your interaction uh, on this podcast when you uh, want to talk to us, ask us questions, what have you. We love the feedback. You can always reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at MFL Stroud or email me at Tampa uh, at rstroud at tampabay.com. And as always, uh, please rate review this podcast, and they can do that anywhere. Anywhere you're listening to the SoundCloud or iTunes, maybe it's Google Play or Stitcher. Just hit subscribe. That way, downloads to your mobile device automatically every day. You can listen anytime you want. Hit that like button or leave a comment. That always helps us. Or better yet, tell a friend and share it with them. That helps. And if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, say you have a business, you need to reach people in Tampa Bay, we'll call Monica Boyer, our sales manager. Her number is 813-957-0836, 813-957-0836. And if you don't remember that, just reach out to Rick or myself on Twitter, through email, and we'll get you hooked up. Thanks for listening. As always, I'm Rick Stroud for the Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Versnick, have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 